0: what's up guys welcome back to another edition of the dnvr rams podcast presented by chevalier mortgage as always i am your host justin michael got a special guest on today's pod andrew the the mountain west wire also the editor over at heat check college basketball one of my favorite college basketball sites out there highly recommend that you subscribe to keep up with all things going on on a national level It's run by my main man eli becker They've got talented people from all over. It was a, uh, it was really fun catching up with Andy. First time we ever talked, so you know it was cool to just kind of get his perspective. Mountain West people, we kind of got to stick together, you know. We don't, we don't get the the love on a national level. People don't give the league the respect that it deserves, and that's why I try and get as many people on this podcast as I can that not only follow the Mountain West and can you know talk about it competently, but are also passionate about it. Because ultimately, you know, we're the people that love this conference, and we're the people that are going to prop it up. Uh, So before we get into that, you know, we talked about everything, new hires, the moves that interested him the most this offseason, his expectations for CSU, Nevada, San Diego State, all of that fun stuff. But uh, before we dive into all of that, sure, you're probably hearing how great mortgage rates are right now. Mike and Virginia Chevalier, they are not your typical mortgage company. They've got phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is Mike is a certified financial planner, He looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small, family-owned company, proud DNVR members, proud CSU supporters, so you'll always feel like a person, not a number. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You know, if you've gone through the loan process before and you'd rather go get a root canal, go spend a weekend in Laramie, have to watch 15 straight New Mexico football games, I get it. Normally, it's absolutely awful, that's just because you haven't worked with Mike in Virginia. Trust me, the process will be smooth, quick, and enjoyable. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com or give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Again, visit dnvrmortgage.com enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat michael chevalier nmls number 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls number 1910631 it's been you know a, a pretty wild off season i think as far as the mountain west goes so i just kind of wanted to get you on here and get your perspective on you know all kinds of stuff talk a little colorado state talk new coaches um I guess I'm just curious, just right off the bat, you know, what piece of Mountain West news was, you know, most interesting to you this off season, or, you know, caught your attention the most?
1: Um, I think I would have to say probably San Diego State um, kind of quietly getting a really good haul of people was, at, I guess at this point, it's sort of expected that they're just going to kind of keep reloading. Um, yeah. But the last few times, or, you know, these last couple of seasons, it's been players from either smaller programs or players who were kind of muted a little bit, uh, maybe at bigger programs. I'm thinking like a Malachi Flynn at Washington State, um, you know, kind of. You know, he was good, but he showed promise, but he he had wasn't really a star I yeah. think, before he yeah, before yeah, he came yeah. there. But now, you know, you got a guy like Matt Bradley coming from Cal. And that's you know, a bona fide star coming coming through. It, it kind of feels similar to how you know Gonzaga's now uh getting the the like top recruits. You like really you're getting these now too. <laughs> that's kind of how it <laughs> feels to San Diego State, where it's like, man, now you're getting the like the proven high major players transferring down too. Um, but I think it, it all kind of happened a little while ago. So some of the I guess, what do you want to, not the momentum, but the, it's not new. And so the novelty's worn off a little bit. I think people kind of forget a little bit, um, maybe how strong they've rebuilt really, really quickly. So I think that kind of jumped out to me.
0: It's been a pretty good off season. If you're a San Diego state fan, I mean, you mentioned Bradley, that's obviously a massive transfer pickup. Yeah. They've got a couple of other good guys, but Beyond that, I mean, you keep Dutcher in town, and obviously, you know, there was right. this, the threat of him going from Minnesota. Now, I, I, you know, it's his alma mater. I know, you know, he's got the serious ties to it. I still have a hard time thinking he, you know, seriously was going to leave San Diego State, though. It's just such a, an established program.
1: Yeah, well, and I— I agree. I honestly thought that Nico Medved was going to be the, if there was going to be somebody from Minnesota, or from the Mountain West to jump on that job, Nico Medved, another alum, um, or maybe, you know, Craig Smith. Smith I didn't was think kind was of the gonna,
0: guy for me just because he had the back-to-back yeah. tournament appearances. It seemed like, you know, he's the hot guy. He's got the flash yeah. for the boosters.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, maybe had the Rams made it to the NCAA tournament, Nico Medved's name would have been a little higher up on that list. Um, I think it's probably serendipitous that it, it all kind of worked out the way that it did. Uh, but but yeah, I, kinda, I I heard people talking like, you know, Dutcher might want to take that job because, you know, it's kind of going home. It's But I he's been at San Diego State so long, it's like, this is he's helped build this program just as much as anybody this feels to me it always felt like this is his home um so I, I yeah i didn't really expect him to make uh to make that move i thought maybe somebody from the mountain west would end up over there but you know they went with a different a different alumnus so.
0: the, the thing about at least from CSU's perspective, I think it probably worked out pretty well. Just if Minnesota would have opened up next year versus this off season, I think it's a lot better for, for CSU just because, you know, they, they're going to give Ben Johnson a couple of years at least. I mean, he could always, you know, go somewhere else. There's high profile jobs all over the country, but I also don't think Nico would jump just for any job. I think he understands like how this works and he's got a pretty good gig at the moment. He makes you know, top three salary in the Mountain West. He'll make more if they advance to the tournament. Right. But beyond that, I mean, we've just seen it. Like, Tim Miles making the jump to Nebraska, it, you know, relatively did pretty well, all things considered, because it's not a very good job, but it's just hard to win at some of these lower, you know, high major programs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, speaking of Tim Miles, you know, fun to have him back in the conference as So well. fun. Uh, very, very excited about that. Uh I I did not see that hire coming. Uh I remember I was doing a podcast, I think the week before the hire was made. And we were, you know, uh Jeremy Moss, the the editor at Mountain Westwire, uh the two of us were on the podcast, we were throwing out just, you know, assistants, JUCO coaches, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Rick Croy at Cal Baptist would be, you know, a, as good of a sitting head coach as you could get to take this job, and then, you know, like Tim Miles. Oh, swinging yeah. for the fences. Well, yeah, because his name would come up for all the other jobs, too. In yeah, he's getting flooded he flooded
0: like, for the Minnesota job, New oh, Mexico, business, UNLV New Mexico, a little bit. Utah State, I heard his <laughs> name
1: in there for that one, too. So, yeah, it was just, you know, it's like, okay, well, he's not going to end up here or whatever. And then he ends up at San Jose State, which is the school I was the most worried about filling their position, too. You know, is it just going to kind of continue being this cellar-dweller and now I feel a little better about you know their chances with with Tim Miles than I would say with somebody who they're just getting their first crack at a head coaching job or something like that. So yeah, I think I think that's kind of nice. Wow. I keep thinking, I can't think of a single move really from Air Force. That's the one team <laughs> that I I'm just like, has anything happened with that roster? And that's not true. There's one I can think of now off the top. And, and uh Glenn McClintock, a freshman, pretty good freshman, actually, last year. Uh, he decided to transfer to Northeastern, I think, somewhere so. But they haven't really gotten any, uh, <laughs> any, any big news coming out of Air Force basketball.
0: Um, and this is obviously going back to before last season, but I didn't understand them moving on from Dave Polopovich. I was a pretty big defender of him. I thought he was, you know, he consistently had them competitive in conference. He just there's so many recruiting hurdles that the expectation that air force is going to contend in the same way that they do in football. I just think is unrealistic at this point. I mean, every now and then, you know, you can have a, you know, a flash season where maybe you crack the tournament or something, but consistently it's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah. I, it, it never really has. I mean, they had the, a few years. They made know. the tournament
0: in like, I can't remember. It was early 2000s. Yeah. I I keep
1: wanting to, I, there's like a few years that are popping up in my head, but I don't know if any of them are right, but you know, somewhere in the, in the early aughts. Um, But yeah, it's been a while, I guess, you know, they're, they're going back to the guy who got them there in Joe Scott,
0: but, his okay. I mean when you just look at what he's done as a career, it's like essentially just mediocre at best. And I'm not trying to throw shade. I mean, I I don't know the guy, I've never interviewed him, I you know, I've sure. never been around him. But you know, Plovic, he was a great dude. I I loved being around him. He was a lot of fun. He had a lot of respect around the league. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's it's but you know, their their move is their move and air force isn't really all that relevant, but
1: well, right. And that's you know, I wonder how much of it is there's them bringing in a person that they're comfortable with with the program. They're just like, yeah, well, let's get Joe back in, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever happens, happens. But hey, at least we know, we, we know Joe. It's, you know, That's, yeah, the, I mean, it's a good w point. There's know. some
0: safety net there, but aside then, from Air Force, like, you know, who would you say has had maybe the worst offseason? Maybe a team like Wyoming losing Marcus Williams. I mean, they have added some nice JUCO pieces as well, but I mean, I was feeling pretty good about them potentially being a sneaky, you know, team for that fourth-five spot in the Mountain West. I just, I don't know. Maybe losing Williams opens up the offense because he's so ball dominant. That's the silver lining, I guess.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's things that you can look at with this with that move. I I think, yeah, it's hard to look at Wyoming and say, you know, that's a good thing that Marcus Williams is gone. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, it's hard to like I, I almost forgot. Like Hunter Maldonado is still here, and, and he was before he last been year. There for
0: a decade, right?
1: Because when uh, uh, James, Justin James, Justin James, yeah. his first name was escaping me for a minute. All I could think of was Jesse James. Uh, when Justin James was was there, I think his senior year, maybe Maldonado was a freshman, um, but he was already good then, and you know he's had more. Good seasons, but then Marcus Williams showed up and kind of took a lot of the spotlight because mm-hmm. Maldonado was doing really well, but for a very irrelevant Wyoming team. But he's still really good and he's still there. And Xavier Ducell is really good. Um so I think there's still reason for optimism. Uh if you're a Wyoming. Blender's a great coach, too. Yeah, exactly. Um I do wonder. <laughs> I didn't I haven't read the whole the full comments, but I had someone sort of paraphrase them to me a little bit. There was a recent story that Linder did um with The Athletic about okay. the kind of state of the program. And there was actually some comments about losing Marcus Williams and, and kind of the Mountain West or other, you know, smaller programs in general being used as sort of a farm system for larger programs to kind of watch. And and it was like a week or two right before that whole live evaluation comment uh, and the the, the discussion that I think came from what, John Rothstein? About, yeah. About uh, mid-major programs, maybe not wanting to do those buy games. So part of me, you know, this is totally unfounded. I have nothing to base this off of, but I wonder, you know, hearing the comments or hearing at least the explanation of comments uh, regarding Marcus Williams... Situation, and then those comments. I wonder. It'll be interesting to see what kind of buy games Wyoming takes this year. This year. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. You know, I just I'm not going to point a finger and say that Jeff Linder is like the coach who said that, or to you know John Rothstein or anything. Because I, have, like I said, no idea. No idea. Yeah. But I will be looking at the buy games there to see like eh, is there anyone? But I, Wyoming didn't play Texas A&M if if memory serves. If anything, you know, it'd be one thing. If Marcus Williams went to Oregon State, because Wyoming did play and beat, I believe, Oregon State. Yeah, last they did, year. yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, if if you see a Marcus Williams go there to replace Ethan Thompson or something, you know, then I could see a lot more of that one-to-one correlation of, yeah, we played them and now here they are. Like um Noah Gurley from Furman to Alabama. They played earlier in the season and then, you know after the season was over NATO, it's like, you were
0: pretty good. Why why don't you come over here? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a little concerning to me. I mean, it's, or just disheartening. I I think players deserve, you know, the opportunity to move. I'm not like one of the, I'm not going to Rothstein it up on here and, you know, (laughs) act like it's the death of college basketball. And I love John Rothstein. Again, like people that listen to the Rams pod know he's, he's weird, but he also like genuinely loves college basketball. And so I can really appreciate that. You know, he's, He's into it. He knows his stuff. His approach is, you know, a little bit corny sometimes, but he seems oh, like up, he'd be a fun guy to hang with.
1: Yeah, I feel like once you're past the brand, assuming that there's, you know, a past to the brand, uh, I think it would be very cool to, you know, pick that guy's brain or just kind of sit down and yeah, uh, have a conversation. But yeah, the Twitter persona that you see, I think that, you know, behind that, that kind of frozen smile of the Twitter bio. Thing. <laughs> Like man, it makes it makes things come off a little robotic sometimes. But yeah, I agree. I think there is an actual, you know, a passion and a dedication there that's very respectable. So.
0: I'm glad that you brought up though the the tweet from Royston about mid majors potentially not wanting to play by games. Um, I'm not going to put the names out there, but I I sent that tweet to a variety of coaches that I know around around the Mountain West, and I was like. Is this true? Question mark. Every single one of them do, were just like, "LOL, no, LOL, right. no, yeah, LOL." Yeah, yeah. Like we need the money. Clearly, the the tougher yeah. part I think for schools in the Mountain West is finding finding buy games because they there's a lot of good teams. You know, if you're if you're a, a, a really good program, a top 25, do you really want to host a San Diego State or a Colorado State right now?
1: Right. And this was a conversation before COVID. I mean, before this, I remember. You know two seasons ago, in the run up to the season, bye games were tough to come by yeah because because of the high quality of the of these mid majors, not because you know the mid majors are trying to be coy and hide their toys or whatever uh but because you know the the high major teams were either yeah they don't they don't wanna pay to get embarrassed on you know
0: their home court. So, it's like yeah. You think if you're like a Kansas State or something, you know what I mean? Where it's like, right. what incentive would we have to host these teams? Like, CSU played a a home-and-home home on neutral courts with Kansas State under in the Larry Eustace era about four or five years ago. And, they, you know, that they were both pretty decent games. But, like, if I was a Kansas State athletic director, you know, director of operations right now, I'd just be like, hell no, we're not bringing David Roddy in here to beat us in front of our fans.
1: Right. Yeah, what what is there to gain? You know, you're so so you're kind of then you're looking at the bottom I guess of the league, you know, they might get more of these buy game opportunities, but do they want to take them? Because you know, are they trying to if you're if you're Tim Miles, are you really trying to like get every single tough buy game you can and really stack, you know, j-
0: I think the counter is and, the, you know, Med in Medved's first season, CSU played at Duke. You know, they opened the season at Duke. Everybody right. in the world knew they were going to get their asses kicked in that game. You know you know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it, it really doesn't matter because they knew, realistically, we are not an NCAA tournament team this year. So what are we going to do? We're going to go get our young guys, you know, some experience in an intense atmosphere against a quality team. They'll get to, you know, say that they played in Cameron Indoor. You know, you played against Coach K. Put Carvacho on TV. On ESPN. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. there are benefits to it, but then again, go, like, going back to what I was saying with the others, if you're a team like CSU, now you're like, you know, I, we, I don't know if that's really that beneficial for us. Either we get our butts kicked and it hurts us as far as the tournament resume goes. Right. I don't know. Like, I guess if you win, it, it'd be phenomenal. You know, you go and beat a team like Duke, but the incentive changes when the losses actually matter, I guess is my point.
1: Yeah, I- exactly. And I think for a team like Duke, you know, they're looking, they're, they're making a pretty, I think, reasoned calculus there. They're saying, okay, there's a few of these teams that we might play, but there's a few that we won't. So, you know, I could see a Duke maybe reaching out to a team like, a, like a Fresno State, maybe this offseason.
0: But then they not, can evaluate Orlando Robinson and see if they want to poach him.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's the exact same thing all over again.
0: <laughs> and then, so, uh,
1: honestly, I'm I, I'm laughing now because I'm surprised that Orlando Robinson
0: is still around. To be honestly, honest. I am too. And it can, it can change so fast. Like sure. at, at this point, I'm so hesitant to say it. And even with CSU, you know, as of right now, PJ Bird, the only player that's leaving the program, they have all their scholarships filled everybody's back on campus. It looks like it's going to stay in place, but I'm always hesitant to be like, CSU lost nobody this off season because come August, you know, if if somebody says the dip, which we do see it happen.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's all sorts of eligibility stuff that I sort of know about, but I don't know everything, you know, but it goes on in those compliance offices and, and what's needed to make the grade. You know, I think last week, There were a lot of schools releasing their grades, I think, or, you know, things like that. And a lot of, maybe not a lot, but a few transfers that uh, didn't end up going through the the way that we thought they were
0: going to uh, right around the same time. So, I mean, that's a real factor. Like, you know, I, I knew Chandler Jacobs was flipping from Texas Tech about four days before it happened. But they were like, you know, don't like say don't put anything out there is what I was told. Um, cause you know, they got to figure out, make sure that he qualifies, you know, everything's right. cleared on his grades at Dallas Baptist. And it's a, it's a weird process going from, you know, a, a smaller school and all the, the academics that go into it. And, and I'm kind of curious how that's going to play a factor for CSU, given that they hired Sam Jones to fill one of their assistants, you know, a guy who's coming from the NBA ranks. He has no experience dealing with any of that type of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, at some point, you got to, you know, somebody's got to learn a little bit of that part of the job, I would imagine, but,
0: you know. Well, yeah, I imagine it's, you know, it's probably not that different from the NBA. You're just kind of, like, looking after him. Don't get in trouble. Do the right, do, <laughs>
1: exactly. You know? It's like, you don't need to be on the, the housekeep, like, the upkeep part, but just please don't create violations for us. <laughs> that sort of thing, you know. I think as long as you get that point across... Yeah, you should be
0: fine. Should be good. Should be okay. We're going to branch into CSU here, but just before we do, right now it's it's Memorial Day, late May. We're going to the summer. A lot can change. We haven't seen any of these teams, but if I, you know, put a finger gun to you, I don't want to say it real good, no. put a finger gun to you Appreciate and was that. like, hey, who's the top three in the Mountain West next season? Who you got?
1: Um... Without, I'm going to put them in alphabetical order because I literally, I honestly don't have them ordered more than this yet. But I would say CSU, San, uh, Nevada, and San Diego State. See, I can't even put them in alphabetical order. That seems, that I, seems like because I don't know my alphabet very well. Though that wasn't shade <laughs> in Nevada. That was just me not being smart. So um, yeah, those are the three. I, I guess that we didn't really say it, you know, anything here. I guess so. Before we shift to Nevada to or to CSU too much, but Nevada is another team that's made some. Strides. They've had a little bit of a weird week.
0: Um, you know, a couple of focused, guys that were supposed to transfer in, it looks like are going elsewhere.
1: Yeah, you know, Addison Patterson, not gonna end up playing.
0: Um,
1: not really a whole lot more on that that I know of at the moment. Um but they just kind of made a, a mutual decision to not not um, go forward
0: with it. And then... Usually that means there's somebody else coming in, but...
1: And that's exactly what it was. You know, it was uh, A.J. Brahma from Robert Morris coming over. I mean, that's a huge, huge he transfer. Yeah. He's really good, um, you know, coming from the Horizon League, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Like, that's just... Yeah, so he's a stud. Um coming in and then Will Baker, former five-star I believe recruit from Texas who, you know, recruited so, yeah. so
0: yeah. committed a while back. So yeah, I
1: think I can't remember, it might have been four year, right? Um, but but yeah, so kind of forgot about that a little bit just cuz it was such a long time ago, but that's where Nevada's coming in and with Sherfield and um Desmond Cambridge coming back. you know, they got a lot of strong pieces. They lost
0: same pieces Geeks, I
1: think. Yeah, but it feels to me you know, and I mean this with all due respect to the people, but it, uh, it feels like Nevada shed some kind of extra weight a little bit on, on the roster. They kind of had a little bit of buildup in some spots. Um, with a guy like Robbie Robinson, it's like if you have Warren Washington and you have KJ Himes, you really also need Robbie Robinson when you're and you got Will
0: Baker, you know, there's just like a lot of similar dudes, they all kind of did the same thing,
1: yeah. And it was like, okay, well you know, these, these ones are kind of panning out and this one is, isn't as much. And so, yeah, I think with that and, um, Zane Meeks and Kane Milling, I think is another one who left. I believe uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like Nevada got better. I, the pieces they lost, you know, they lost some talented pieces, but I feel like they replaced it pretty well too. So that's where, that's why they're up there as well.
0: Um, with CSU and San Diego state for me. I imagine Shurfield's probably the betting favorite for Mountain West preseason player of the year. I mean, I, I, Isaiah Stevens, David Roddy, I think very much on that conversation. I just have a feeling they're kind of going to split each other's vote, which is unfortunate, but it tends to happen when we yeah. have teams like this. I mean, San Diego state is Mitch is Mitchell coming back.
1: No, Mitchell's, Mitchell and Shockle are both gone. Uh, so, I mean, there's going to be quite a bit of opportunity for Bradley, but I think like a newcomer of the year type of award is probably more likely for him um, than, say, you know, and maybe a first team nod. I don't think he'll necessarily be player of the year, though. Um, one that I'll, I think... I have been so confused. I'm going to be so happy when the final, when the draft is over. So I, I know that's what like, I can't keep up. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I am. I'm pretty sure Jeff Goodman at stadium keeps a pretty good list separated of guys who are coming back or guys who could come back. And ones who have like foregone their final year or signed with an agent or whatever. So I believe Derek Alston is gone. Yes. Um, But, like, Abu Kijab, I think, is back for Boise I believe so,
0: yeah. So... And we don't know about Jenkins yet. He might be coming back to UNLV, but, like... Hamilton. Or Hamilton, yeah. We know Jenkins. Jenkins
1: is gone. Jenkins is gone. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Jenkins
0: went, he followed... That's actually a... Craig Smith and his Mountain West poaching. Yeah, and the Pipe.
1: Yeah, with Raleigh Worcester and, uh, you know, and uh, Marco Anthony coming. But then, you know, the the new guy, Ryan Odom, comes over from (laughs) UMBC and brings over two of his guys, too. (laughs) So, you know, it's just kind of, that's how it goes,
0: I guess, you know. It's kind of cool that he did right by, you know, his assistants and his players. I'm sure the UMBC fans are are pissed because he, you know, Left and took everybody with him, but I appreciate the loyalty of it too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and everyone's kind of getting a glow up, right? You know, you're going from the American East to the Mountain West. Uh, kind of a random one, if I remember right. That's where Ryan Odom like knew he's like friends with somebody in the jazz organization or something, and that was the big that was the connection that got him into that. Job. Wow. Yeah, something like that.
0: That that, hire made no sense to me on the outside, but, I mean, he's a great coach, so it it could work out. It was just one that I wouldn't have guessed in a million years. You could have, like, been like, list 100 basketball coaches that will be in the running for Utah State, and he wouldn't have been on that list.
1: Well, and it's something weird, like, Quinn Snyder's, you know, sister-in-law is married to Ryan Odom's, brother or something you know it's like one of those really weird connections that like gets two people in a room and then you know it works out so that's the one thing just watching all the coaching carousel trying to predict who's going to go to a job it's so tough because i don't know the i don't know all of that stuff you know there's the publicly available information i can see like oh that's the alma mater and that's the old job had. but you know finding all of those little insidious you know (laughs) nepotistic Like, all of those things. That's harder. It's harder to find all that stuff.
0: I, I love the drama of it all. Like yeah. it's always for, it's frustrating for your fan base when you know, you lose a coach and you got to go through that whole process, but college basketball, it, it's, de- <laughs> it's definitely entertaining. Let's let's talk CSU though. because yeah. You know, it is a CSU pod that Ram fans are, are just chomping at the bit to get to the mm-hmm. season. I'm, I'm stoked as well. Back to that interview in just a second, but DraftKings Sportsbook, not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and is nearly limitless for all the ways for you to get involved on the action. My friends, my family, everyone loves DraftKings Sportsbook. I mean, me and my brother, we are constantly sending each other prop bets, we're sending each other you know, the the live lines and and things that we think are great opportunities to make a little dough, I couldn't recommend them more. DraftKings Sportsbook puts you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. All you got to do, pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you cash $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for your chance to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. As promo code DNVR for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only. New customers only, wagers paid in site credits, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out Solace Meds. That's right, we have partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get some smoking hot deals with. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins for my Ram fam, one in Wheat Ridge for the homies up north, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar, no matter where you are in the metro area. There's a convenient location for you. Not only that, Solace has some absolutely banging deals this month. Buy three, get one free on the entire store for Memorial Day sale. You cannot beat it. They've got 15% off three grams of Connoisseur Concentrates, two for 25 Koala and Solus 100 milligram bars. These deals are popping. Remember, take advantage of all of this, but you can also get 20% off your entire purchase when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout. Just head to solacemeds.com, order online, pick up at your convenience, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. And again, use DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. You know, what are what are your expectations for CSU as a whole? You know, you, you said that you see them being in the top three. Do they have the firepower to be a top 25 team, in your opinion?
1: I think so. Um, I think... Ideally, you two. there will, you know, assuming they can get a buy game or two, uh, you know, get a couple good games on that early schedule, I think will be helpful because
0: uh, that's something that would, they are trying to do right now. They're trying to add and, you know, like a premier game is what how it was phrased.
1: Right. Because one of the things that ends up happening and this is, you know, it's germane not just to the, the top 25 conversation, but to the at large big conversation, too, is that. Once Mountain West play starts, the the opportunities for great wins are pretty
0: limited. You know, um, you gotta so, be you gotta like go to Viejas and get a win or something like that. And right, tough to it, do.
1: It's nice if you bring something. You know, if you bring something good from your from your preseason or you know your your non conference season with you. Um, so getting the opportunities to be able to do that, I think. Will have a lot of bearing on whether you see. (laughs) No, you're good, man. (laughs) Knock off one of my alarms there. I I think that will have a good bearing on whether or not you see them climb into the top twenty-five. Short of that, you know, you could reel off a really good record too. You know, sometimes you can
0: you can make your way in there by just going like twenty-five and three or whatever. You know, they'll they'll put. You you tried that in Andrew Eustace, they went 27 and 4, I think. And oh they were like the highest ranked RPI team. I like they were like 27 in RPI back when RPI still mattered. And it was like the highest ranked RPI team ever to not make the NCAA oh, tournament. That's but so brutal. Fan and CSU fans hate me for this. This is like one of my least popular takes. I kind of respect that the committee was like, no, you tried to juice the metrics. You didn't actually play anyone. But then the, then I go back and forth. I'm like, but they won almost 30 games. Like, at some point, that has to matter. It was just, they they lost to Wyoming three times that year. And that's that's what held them out, because that was the year that Wyoming went on to win the tournament with Josh Adams, and they kind of stole uh, CSU's uh, yeah. bid.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I think that's... One of the nice things is that Colorado State sort of introduced themselves to a lot of – I they, they put themselves on the map last year. I think, you know, two years ago, is if you were paying attention, you, you saw – You see it. Yeah, you, you know, they went to it.
0: Tulsa and won. They had the buzzer beater against Nevada. Like, things were coming together.
1: Right, and you were just like, oh, wait, what? These are – how young are these people? <laughs> you yeah. know, once I, that was what it really clicked for me. When I was watching them, I was like, oh, this Colorado State team's pretty good. You know, they got Nico Carvajal, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized like, oh, wow. No, this whole core is, besides him, it's really young and, and really, they're really coming along. And then, um, you know, last year, I think they got so close, right? Um,
0: they're the away, man. You beat, you beat yeah. Nevada on the road or you beat Utah State in the conference tournament, you're probably in.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, it, I mean, very disappointing to, to not have that happen. But I think that this year people will be kind of looking for them, maybe a little bit more. It's definitely where,
0: different expectations.
1: Right, where it's a little bit more of a confirmation bias, sort of like, okay, we, we're expecting Colorado State to be good. Are they as good as we wanted them to be? Um, you know, we'll see if they get some of that treatment where I think you do see I I don't want to, you know, accuse anybody of being completely not on the up and up or anything in the selection committee, but you know, biases slip in and you know it's you, you can't get away from some of them. And it's hard not to think that there's some programs where they're like, all right, did they do enough to clear their threshold? Like a, a UCLA or a Syracuse, for instance.
0: I was gonna say both of those schools, so I, I think and CSU like had a pretty year. firm grip over both yeah. of those programs. Even Wichita State, I think CSU had a better had a better resume. But I try not to. I try not to, you know, dwell on it too much. Everybody got to. We were doing a live show uh, for DMVR, just kind of reacting to the tournament stuff when mm. it all happened. And Ooh, that's brave
1: like, for a team that's on the bubble like that.
0: As soon as as soon as UCLA got in, actually Wichita State even early, I was like, uh, if Wichita State got in, then yeah. CSU's not going to get in. And then I was just sitting there trying to trying to stay positive, trying to. But man, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. You know what could hold CSU back in your opinion? Where where might they be lacking?
1: I I want to see more out of. The front court, um, and, and specifically, I would love to see one of James Moore's or Deshaun Thomas really take over the kind of the big man role, uh, and really make it theirs. I think James Moore's did a, a nice job last year. I was I was pretty happy in terms of coming in with not a ton of knowledge about him, honestly. Um, Kind of thinking. Okay, players get talked up a lot, right? When they're in the announcement, when they you know they sign on with the team, everybody is a huge get for the program. Everybody, yeah. you know, they're they're no going to be wonderful. coach is going to be like,
0: oh, this guy sucks, but we just needed to fill the scholarship. You're right.
1: Like, man, we needed a warm body, and let me tell you, <laughs> this guy <laughs> is a warm body, right? Um, so you never quite know what to expect. You know, you you see, especially when you see things that might be flagged as like unicorn traits, like, Oh, he's a big man who can shoot. You're like, uh, really? Uh, uh, I'll (laughs) believe it when I see it. Right. Um, but I, I saw some good things there. I would love to see Deshaun Thomas take a step forward. Um, I think that I was expecting it to happen last year. I think a little bit more,
0: um, I think, you know, and I, I I think that's a fair critique, you know, and obviously he lost his starting role to James Moore. Right. I think that DT was one of the guys probably most impacted by not getting to have like a traditional offseason. And I do expect him to be a much more uh, competent defender early on in the year. We saw him come a long way, you know, by the NIT. He was actually playing pretty good defense. And his ability to, you know, knock down those threes, you know, we were kind of joking about Moore's. I, if James Moore's never shot another three for the rest of his career, that would make me happy. He has the ability. I've seen him do it in practice, but there's just <laughs> something about the game. He can't hit DT though, for his career, you know, he shoots the three over like 35%, I think for his career. So, you know, he can, he can knock those down. It opens things up for the guards. I think he plays you know well with these guards as far as the pick and roll, but you're right. You know, I, I kind of thought they might go out and try and add another big guy. They do have Jacob Jennison, who is, you know, coming up, and I've heard great things about him, but he's coming off a major knee injury, and, and you just never yeah. know there.
1: He missed, like, all of his senior year with that, didn't he?
0: Or was yeah. it at the end of his senior year that he got hurt? I think he was... got end at this, uh, the end of his high school season, and then he, like, missed, like, okay. the whole AAU circuit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Okay. I, I may be wrong on that. I have to, have to go back and, and look at the timing, but either way, you know, when you're coming off of a knee injury, right. when you're that big, like there are obviously concerns about how it's going to impact your mobility, yeah. but the coaching staff, man, they, they're talking him up again. You got to take everything with a grain of salt. Cause everybody <laughs> right. on the roster has potential, exactly. but you know, for the last two years, they've been, they've been selling this dude pretty hard saying he's got potential. And they've said the same thing about James Moore. or so like, he's really raw, but when he puts it together, this guy's going to be good. And we got to remember he was a redshirt freshman last year like right. he has four years of eligibility if he wants them
1: yeah and i think that's you know that's the thing when we say or when i say you know these are things that are going to hold csu back these are you know i'm am, i'm am a little bit grasping for for things right it's a pretty it's a pretty good th- all together. Yeah, they're, they're in a nice spot. There aren't a lot of weaknesses to be pointing at, and when you are looking at the weakest, you know, let's let's say that, you know, the interior post is the weakest spot here. You've got pretty good options there, though, too, that are, you know, they are they are promising, and not just, you know, kind of, em- it's not like an empty promise. It's, you know, there's there's a little bit of teeth to it they, you've seen per production from these uh from the guys in the in this spot and so maybe you know while i'm sitting here and i'm thinking yeah maybe it'd be great if one of these two you know stepped up it's like they don't need the mias though no
0: either. that's the thing you know you just you need somebody that can go out there and defend the paint for you get you rebounds shake a Is Yeah, I really do.
1: He would have, you know, the whole, I think, I can only think of one Mountain West transfer where a guy's gone from one Mountain West school to another. That was um, Donovan Yap from UNLV to Fresno. But that would have been a big one, I think. Like, that type of player is what I think a defense, just stalwart defensive big who's going to go in there grab you nine defensive rebounds, maybe two offensive rebounds. He's going to get four points from those putbacks on those rebounds. Uh, And that's fine. You know, that's all you really need. Um, I think a player like that would have been great, but maybe, maybe you develop a player like that internally.
0: It's a good point. There there were a lot of people that were surprised that they, you know, brought in two more guards and, and Baylor have the Loyola transfer. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Chandler Jacobs, who's only has one year of eligibility. So that's a, you know, a little bit of a different situation, but man, dude, this Chandler Jacobs addition, I think is actually going to be pretty big just because I think it's going to take some pressure off of Isaiah Stevens and always having to be, you know, the facilitator. I think it's, they're going to try and get him a little bit more catch and shoot opportunities. He really came on strong as a three point shooter at times last year, but it was usually all in, you know, ISO type situations, him having to create his own shot. And the fact that he was knocking down these shots is is very impressive. But I think the coaching staff is just thinking, man, if we can just get this dude, like three more easy looks a game, it's probably going to be nine to 10 points in our favor. I also think They're going to play Adam Thistlewood a little bit less, maybe even transition him into like a six man type role, go three guards. And I think it's a a role he could really thrive in. I don't know. I'm just, they have so many different guys that can score now. I I just don't really see how most teams are going to be able to one run with them or two, you know, keep pace with them.
1: Well, yeah. And I think another, that's a very good point. Um, when when everybody could score and you know, Chandler Jacobs, I think I was looking, you know, I was kind of I saw the, the the points per game, numbers, the rebounds, you know, that those per per game averages were pretty impressive, but I looked at the the shooting and he's shooting like forty four and a half percent from beyond the, the arc too. It's like, oh man, okay. Hey and he was this the, the defensive player of the year
0: for his league. Well, like he's yeah, insanely so that was,
1: good. And that was going to be my next point, too, is that, you know, Kendall Moore gets used as that defensive stopper, right, all the time. So it might be good to have another person who you know is capable of playing, well, you know, at least capable of being the best defender in the Lone Star Conference <laughs> Division yes. Two or whatever. Uh, you know, a person who's able to make defense a priority in their game. I think that would be helpful, too, you know, when – if – even if Thistlewood, you know, or you play Jacobs and Thistlewood, you, you know, you're sitting more, you're not losing much maybe on the defensive end. We'll see. I, you know, I don't, I haven't watched enough of Jacobs's game to know, you know, to be able to speak on his defensive play all that well just yet. But it does sound to me like you're getting a person who is not going to be a liability there. And I think that will be nice. Cause you'll have, um, Thistlewood and uh, John Tanje coming off the bench probably. I would uh, imagine that's,
0: that's my guess. I mean, yeah. we'll we'll have to see. I mean, Thistlewood's been a three-year starter, so that would be a that would be a, a massive transition. I just I think he's a guy that could benefit from just coming in and, and focusing on defense and being like, all right, we're going to get you some shots now, get him in rhythm, and and not having to play, you know, like thirty minutes a night because I just think his legs were dead at the end of last year. And and that's when he went cold was, like, the end. So, to me, I I just think fatigue was a big factor for him.
1: Yeah, and there are so many worse things in the world than being a reliable role player of the, like, the bench shooter. That is a needed thing. And if Adam Thistle would, I mean, maybe it's reaching a little high, but guys make NBA careers off of being college, you know, one trick pony, you know, come yeah. in off the bench and hit threes. That's you don't have to be, you know, a 35 minute per game 25% usage guard to do that, you know. The NBA has enough of those people. <laughs> they need some you need role guys. players. Right, exactly. Um and so whether or not, you know, Adam Thistlewood specifically makes it to the NBA or anything, I think the same is true in this team where you're not you don't need Adam to be the guy carrying the the offense, but no, you just just hit open shots when they're there right and keep keep the defenses honest, keep them you know spread out, keep them uh, you know just off
0: balance right <clears throat> and he's deceptively like he's grown a lot on the defensive end, you know he was yeah. often guarding you know guys like Jordan Shackle and in team's best wings and he kept cSU in the game you know he his his growth. For, I mean, his freshman his freshman year it was rough defensively. I mean, as same with David Roddy. Like David Roddy's first fifteen games, he was almost unplayable defensively. He was just hacking the hell out of people, and then he figured it out. I, it makes total sense. He's six, right. you know, six five playing against six foot eleven dudes as a true freshman. But yeah, right. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I try not to get you know, people's hopes up too much. I try and, you know, just be like, all right, we all know college basketball is weird. You need things to go your way. It just feels like, you know, if, if there was ever a year for a CSU team to, to make a, a sweet 16 run or something, you know, this this would probably be it. You've you played, you have experienced guys, you've grown together, you don't have roster turnover like the rest of the league. I mean, all the pieces are in place.
1: And honestly, you know, while... Well- the rest of the league certainly has made their own moves too. And they do look good. And they've got, you know, at, at some point, you know, a team like San Diego state at this point, you just give them the benefit of the doubt, like exactly. yeah whatever, you you just whatever you're doing out here now. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Exactly. And with Nevada and Steve Alford, I think they're probably not too far off from that as well, from being in that same kind of territory. Um, but at the same time, it's not like, I'm looking at them as the top five teams in the country or anything like that. Oh no, yeah. These, you know, it's a, it's a, a field that's open for Colorado state to make a move. So I think that your optimism is not unfounded. I think that you have reason, you know, to be excited about this, this particular team and the trajectory it's on. So yeah, I mean, I share your optimism for, for this season.
0: Where does Isaiah Stevens rank in your opinion as far as top players in the league? You know, is, is he, in my opinion, there's not really anybody I would take over him, but again, you know, I'm, I will fully recognize my bias here. You know, Sherfield's <laughs> a bucket, you know, there's San Diego state's got some great talent. There's a couple of guys on even, you know, UNLV that they've added that I like a lot, but I just, the way Stevens plays, he's so savvy, he's so aggressive. He's just, and he's like, he's a big moment type guy, you know? Like, he, multiple buzzer beater game winners already. It's just like,
1: yeah, give I mean, me that, and, dude. Uh, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Portland guy, right? And so it's hard for me not to watch a guy like Isaiah Stevens and not see a little bit of Isaiah, or Isaiah, uh see Damian Lillard. I love know? that comparison. And just, right, and just uh, a guy who doesn't have to be the the star doesn't have to be the killer, but certainly but he will, but he will yeah. be if, if, if he has to be, he'll do it. Um, but he knows how to let other guys do that too, which I think is really cool.
0: Um, and, and there's yeah, not a lot of guys that. like that. Like there are a lot of talented players. Like I love mm-hmm. Sherfield, but I think Sherfield is kind of one of those dudes where last 15 seconds and they need a shot. It's his, even if it's not necessarily the best shot. And we saw... You know, with Isaiah, oh my goodness, getting tongue tied. With Isaiah (laughs) Stevens last season and their win over San Diego State, you know, Stevens, he had a nice little step back. He creates some separation. Two guys crash out on him. So, what's he do? He dishes it to Tanjay in the corner. Tanjay gets the game winning play. Right. And it's just that IQ, I think, that separates him for me. And I'm not saying Shurfield's not a high, you know, caliber player, I just think they're a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking about two first, all, you know, all-Mountain West first-team players. By far, there. yeah. Um, you know, other guys, I guess, that have to be in the conversation. Uh, Bryce Hamilton, if he comes back.
0: If he, yeah, he's, gonna, he's a bucket.
1: He, uh, he's going to be in the top scorers list. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to win, but... Right. I have, I have questions, I think, about Bryce Hamilton's overall impact. You know, I think... He reminds me a lot of Amari Hardy for UNLV who scored a ton of points that didn't really matter a whole lot in the end. a lot of
0: 20-point games and 15-point losses. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, So... I do think... I don't think Otzelberger did a very good job of putting him or Jenkins in a position to succeed, if we're being honest. I don't think that he optimized their skills at all. Like, it was just a lot of... Go out there, guys.
1: I mean, it was a tricky thing for him to try to pull off, too, in retrospect, thinking about it. You know, you bring, well, and we say in retrospect, thinking about it, Bryce Hamilton, if memory serves, had not really blown up when David Jenkins made the decision to actually transfer because he sat out that year. And in that sit out year, that's when Bryce Hamilton blew up and became a star. And it was like, oh, now UNLV has two stars, one that TJ Otzelberger like recruited to come there and one that organically developed. And yeah, I don't think that it meshed. Well, it was very unclear to me who was the star
0: of the team last year or who was, you know, I don't even think they they knew. I mean, they were just so random. You know what I mean? There were some nights you'd watch UNLV and you'd be like, this team could hang with anyone and with the offensive firepower they had back should have been the case. And then there were other times you watch them and it was like, I think air force could beat this team.
1: Yeah. Or you know you're like okay so Caleb, this is another Caleb Grill game where Caleb exactly. grill is responsible for, for whatever happens in this game. Yeah, he's doing it all, so and he's following TJ again too. He sure is. Yeah, I mean that's TJ has got
0: loyalty. He gets guys to follow him. You know, people seem to like him. Also, you know, I'm I'm not throwing shade at him. He comes off likable in press conferences, from what I've seen, as far as. What he produces on the court, I would have put him as like the eighth or ninth best coach in the league last year. That's why I was so shocked when he was the first guy to land a power five job.
1: Yeah, that I mean, once I kind of heard that there was that it had been going on for a while, and again, one of those kind of like him and oh, 80 are tight,
0: like you know, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, his, now it makes his sense. wife
1: is like an ISU swimming superstar. Great, you know. It's, of course, it's one of those connections that you know just didn't really have right offhand. And oh, these conversations have been going on since January. Also, good to know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know it's been a fun off season. I'm sure there's a couple more moves left, uh, you know, to surprise. But with the NBA draft deadline, I think just passing today or last I, was say, night,
0: I think it was yesterday.
1: Yeah, for the early entry. But I'm seeing, you know, more guys officially announcing that they made the decision, you know, two days ago. Now they're announcing it today. So there's, you know, there's still a little bit of infamy coming in. But I think we'll have a pretty clear, clear view over the next week or two, you know, would really start to look at these rosters as pretty close to finished products and start making some more better, more, more, full predictions on, on the season
0: coming up. Yeah, I get it. It's it's just weird right now. with so many things still in flux, but yeah. thanks for coming on, man. This has been a blast catching up. I, I definitely want to get you on the pod again as we get closer to season and like throughout. It's it's fun to talk with people that actually follow the Mountain West. You know, we got we to gotta stick together. That's kind of the cool thing about this conference is I think everybody kind of gets, you know, what the situation is. So it's a lot of people rooting for other Mountain West teams, you know, all just like, I, right. You know, last year, everyone's hoping we'd get four teams in the tournament and it didn't yeah. play out that way, but that would have been incredible. Yeah. So
1: we'll just have to do it this year. Just, yeah. you know, start the four mid Mountain West thing up again. Why not?
0: Make the Mountain West great again. I <laughs> I, I hate using that, but it, it, it does work. It does every once in a while, yeah. Tell, uh, tell the people where they can follow you on social, you know, definitely check out his work on heat check mountain West wire. I know you do a lot of analytics stuff and, and we didn't even dive into that. So we'll definitely have to talk about that next time, but where can yeah. the people find you?
1: Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Andrew D uh, D-I-E-C-K-H-O-F-F. Not an easy last name to spell. Um, (laughs) You can also find me at heatcheckcbb.com and yeah, writing for Mountain West Wire at mwwire.com and just all around, all over
0: the place. Like I said, Andrew knows his stuff. Make sure you give him a follow. Subscribe to Heat Check, one of the best college basketball resources out there. My main man, Eli Bedker, founded it. He's a frequent guest on the Rams pod. Another guy that I, if you're not following him on Twitter, you are definitely missing out. Thank you for coming on, man.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.